Dear brothers and sisters, in Surah Al-Ma'idah, verses 112 to 115, recount a story where the apostles, Al-Hawariyun, asked on their behalf to send down a banquet from heaven, a table spread with food. هل يستطيع ربك أن ينزل علينا مائدة من السماء؟ They also explained their motivation. نريد أن نأكل منها وتطمئن قلوبنا ونعلم أن قد صدقتنا ونكون عليها من الشاهدين. We wish to eat from it so that our hearts are reassured, so that we know that you told us the truth and so that we become witnesses of it. Jesus, Al-Masih alayhi salam, prays to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to send down the feast. Allahumma rabbana, anzil alayna ma'idatan min as-sama. And the Almighty subhanahu wa ta'ala affirms that he will indeed send it down. Inni munazziluha alaykum. The question here is, was the feast actually sent down? Apart from the divine promise, إِنِّي مُنَزِّلُهَا عَلَيْكُمْ I will send it down. We do not know. The Qur'an is silent. The scene ends before the reader learns whether the promise was actualized. This defies conventional narrative expectations. We would usually expect a story to end. But here, a sense of ending is missing. In Surah Yasin, verses 13 to 29, we find a parable in which some messengers are sent to a town or a city. Sometimes it is identified as Antioch. What concerns us today is the verse that reads, وَجَاءَ مِنْ أَقْصَى الْمَدِينَةِ رَجُلٌ يَسْعَمْ قَالَ يَا قَوْمِ اتَّبِعُوا الْمُرْسَلِينَ and from the furthest part of the city or the town, a man came running. He said, my people, اتبعوا المرسلين, follow the messengers. After the Quran provides this man's declaration to his people, his preaching to Tawheed, the Quran says, He was told, enter the garden, the paradise. But we do not know what happened to this man. The Quran is silent. And so the tafsir tradition is split on this question. Some say that he was stoned by his people, while others posit that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took him alive to heaven. So again, this story leaves us with a sense of incompletion. It destabilizes the distinction between the finished and the unfinished. Brothers and sisters, these two stories, which are representative of the more general Quranic narrative style, are at odds with the accepted pattern of beginning, middle, end, which we find in stories and novels. Many Quranic stories are not closed. Finality and stability normally found at the ends of narratives is missing. How then can we explain this phenomenon?
This is the theme of the khutbah today, insha'Allah. But before I offer some thoughts on a possible explanation, let me highlight another related rhetorical device which is very frequent in the Quran. In fact, in other Semitic languages too, such as Biblical Hebrew, it is al-hadth wal-idmar, religion and suppression. This is to say that the Quran frequently omits phrases and words and leaves it to the reader to figure them out. Let me give you one example. Surah Al-Ra'd verse 31 contains the following clause. وَلَوْ أَنَّ قُرْآنًا سُجِّرَتْ بِهِ الْجِبَالُ أَوْ قُطِّعَتْ بِهِ الْأَرْضُ أَوْ كُلِّمَ بِهِ الْمَوْتَى بَلْ لِلَّهِ الْأَمْرُ جَمِيعًا If there were ever to be a Qur'an with which mountains could be moved, the earth shattered and the dead made to speak, then what? We are not told. The verse goes on to say, بَلْ لِلَّهِ الْأَمْرُ جَمِيعًا To Allah belongs the entire affair. So there is a seeming void in the text, a gap in the ayah. We have the hypothetical conditional, if, law, but the answer, the response, the jawab of law is missing. So the tafsir tradition suggested a number of ways uh, to respond to this question. One is to say, or to supply the missing clause, لَكَانَ هَذَا الْقُرْآنِ It would have been this Qur'an. So if we retranslate the verse, it will look something like, if there were ever to be a Qur'an with which mountains could be moved, the earth shattered and the dead made to speak, it would have been this Qur'an. Scholars of tafsir, scholars of the Qur'an have long discussed instances of ellipses in the Qur'an and many of them have described it with respect to its grammatical, with respect to its rhetorical force. For example, Abdul Qahir al-Jurjani in Dala'il al-Ijaz, he says that this form of rhetoric is very subtle and he says it is like magic. I would like, however, to suggest a further perspective for explaining this Quranic attitude, this Quranic custom, al-ada, al-Qur'aniya, or with Abdul Qahir al-Jurjani, this magic of the Qur'an. It seems that there is a moral existential dimension to it. In presenting us with stories that end without ending and with elliptical passages, the Qur'an is telling us something profound about the philosophy of life that life is necessarily incomplete. Time is open, the future is open. It is a subtle reminder that history continues beyond the experiences of the participants in those stories, that history continues beyond us, although our deeds, our traces can make a difference as we learn in Surah Yaseen, verse number 12, And we record what they put forth, and what they left behind. 
We are in a continuous process of becoming. The Quran leaves us with a task not yet completed, a responsibility not yet fulfilled. As in Surah Al-Hijr, verse 99, And worship your Lord until what is certain, Al-Yaqeen, comes to you. The Quran appears to be showing us that there is always possibility. The future is not as straightforward as we may, as we may tend to believe. Because we cannot foretell the future, because it cannot be predicted, the future is a space for human growth, for us to write our stories, for us to complete our stories, for us to provide the endings. The unfinished nature of Quranic narratives also gives rise to the idea of hope. Consider this beautiful phrase in Surah Luqman, verse 34. وَمَا تَدْرِي نَفْسٌ مَاذَا تَكْسِبُ And no soul knows what it will reap tomorrow, what it will do tomorrow, what it will find tomorrow. The verse is not only a statement of fact. The verse, Wallahu A'lam, has practical implications too. We might be different tomorrow from what we are today. The status quo can be changed. It can be transformed. In their book entitled Unfinished, the Anthropology of Becoming, the editors write in their introduction, and I quote, Unfinishedness is both precondition and product of becoming. Unfinishedness is a feature as generative to art and knowledge production as it is to living. Becoming troubles and exceeds our ways of knowing and acting. It pushes us to think against the grain, to consider the uncertain and unexpected in the world." End quote. Perhaps, wallahu alam, all the previous points are captured by a single verse in the Quran. Surah Al-Rahman, verse 29. كُلَّ يَوْمٍ هُوَ فِي شَأْنٍ Every day, he, the Almighty, subhanahu wa ta'ala, is in some matter. And we are tasked with imitating divinity. Just like this beautiful sunny day, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's nur shed light in our dark places. May he subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the courage to receive wisdom with humility. May he subhanahu wa ta'ala enable us to exercise our noble calling with love and hope. Dear brothers and sisters, the open-endedness of the Quran teaches us that because of the chaos, the chance, and choice that encompass our lives, bringing our rightly esteemed values to actualization might not always be possible. We should, however, try. We should make the effort. Quranic morality, it seems, depends on effort rather than success. The paradigm verse on this idea in the Quran is verse 100 in Surah An-Nisa. وَمَنْ يَخْرُجْ مِنْ بَيْتِهِ مُهَاجِرًا إِلَى اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ ثُمَّ يُدْرِكْهُ الْمَوْتُ 
فَقَدْ وَقَعَ أَجْرُهُ عَلَى اللَّهِ And if anyone leaves his home as a migrant towards Allah and his messenger and is overtaken by death, then his reward is on Allah. Meaning that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will surely reward him. This person did not reach the final destination, yet he received the reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because he took the initiative and that is what really matters. As long as we have started the journey, the results are in the hand of Allah. Allah who says, Allahu khayrun hafidha wa huwa arhamur rahimeen. And this is precisely what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells our beloved Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in Surah Al-Ra'd verse 40. وَإِمَّا نُرِيَنَّكَ بَعْضَ الَّذِي نَعِدُهُمْ أَوْ نَتَوَفَّيَنَّكَ فَإِنَّمَا عَلَيْكَ الْبَلَاغُ وَعَلَيْنَ الْحِسَابُ Whether we let you see part of what we promised them or we cause you to die before that, your duty is only to deliver the message. The reckoning is ours. One thing becomes clear from this Quranic verse. Our duty is to deliver. We are not tasked with the natija, with the result. The unfinished characteristic of many Quranic narratives and verses in general also links to the forward-looking nature of the Quran. Surah Al-Baqarah 141 reads, تِلْكَ أُمَّةٌ قَدْ خَلَتْ لَهَا مَا كَسَبَتْ وَلَكُمْ مَا كَسَبْتُمْ وَلَا تُسْأَلُونَ عَمَّا كَانُوا يَعْمَلُونَ That community has passed. What they earned belongs to them. And what you earn belongs to you. And you are not answerable for their deeds. In Surah Taha, verses 52 and 53, Pharaoh attempts to distract Musa alayhi salam by asking, ما بال القرون الأولى? What about the former generations? But Musa alayhi salam refuses to deviate from his mission. Musa alayhi salam simply responds by saying, علمها عند ربي. My Lord alone has knowledge of them. And in Surah Al-Imran 153, Allah subhanahu wa says, So that you may not grieve for what you missed or for what happened to you. What all these verses show is that the past is closed. But the present and future are open to possibility. Brothers and sisters, finally, this Quranic attitude perhaps teaches us that the future may transform our understanding of the past. New situations may disclose new meanings in our lives and in our holy book in the Quran. Sometimes the presence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can be sensed by looking back. And this is what gives our lives its their vitality and what gives the Quran its openness to interpretation. This invites us to open 
our hearts to the multiplicity of Allah's ways. As in Surah Al-Ankabut 69, We will guide them our ways. He said subulana in the plural and he didn't say sabilana. Perhaps each one of us follows their designated path in their own way. قُلْ كُلٌّ يَعْمَلُ عَلَى شَاكِلَتِهِ